Real changes require real solutions. At Back to Life Radio, powered by BZ Transfer Systems, we know that life happens. And when it's time to get back to life, we're here for you. Now, here are your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hey, everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I've got a great show today. I am here with members of Copper Touch and BZ Boards. You're going to want to check them out at coppertouch.com and bzboards.com. We have Paul Frazier. We have Renee Barn. We have Kelly Rogstad. And we're going to be talking today about minimalism. And, you know, minimalism was all the rage a couple of years ago. You couldn't go on to Pinterest and not see, you know, all these different minimalist desk designs and office designs and you'd go to YouTube and see you know minimalist kitchens and all these different things and one of the things that never occurred to me until I started doing research on this show was about digital minimalism and how digital has taken over every area of our lives from where we pump gas to waiting in line at the grocery store to that wonderful little friendly demon in our pocket our cell phone and minimalism can can include all sorts of things, whether it's your lifestyle, it's your food, it's your digital consumption. So I'm so excited to talk to everybody today. And I want to go to Kelly first. When you were doing research today for the show, what was one of your big ahas that came across your research? Well, I think that I was thinking about minimalism being uh, like people. People are all so different that it can be um, really healthy for one person to have very little. And yet for another person, it may be healthy for them to have some. And for the other type of person, it may be um, really healthy for them to have a lot of things surrounding them. And so as I was looking at what the differences in minimalism are, that's what shocked me is it has to be different like we are. Absolutely. The definition of it and, and what we need to be, you know, where, what areas in our lives that we need to attend to and where maybe we can reduce, reuse and recycle. Renee, how about you? What came across your desk when you were doing research for today's show? My biggest thing was um, decluttering your life in general, like your personal belongings um, and what streamline, they call the streamline method and what that stands for and how to declutter your life using that. And right now in my life, that is like a big thing because A, I just sold my house in June, decluttered my house. B, we're living in a tiny camper with four people and two dogs right now. You know, you've got very minimal space for anything right now. And so when we do move into the house here in a week, the new one, we're going to declutter through everything again as we put it into the new house. Okay, do we really need this? We haven't used it in six months living in a camper. You know, just things like that. You really put into perspective, like, what do you really need? Some things you'll be really happy to see again. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, Renee, I'm so interested to talk to you more about that because you truly were forced to live a minimalist lifestyle. But before we get into that, let's talk to Paul Frazier. Paul, what was one of your ahas that came across from your research today? Well, mine is that I should be more of a minimalist <laughs> because um, I've had some a lot of trying things happening to me uh, in my life recently. And it's come to me that 
I don't need as much stuff as I that I should have or I, that I could do without. And I can do without a lot of the stuff that that I have and stuff. So I think I think minimalism is actually it's I think it's a great thing. And in fact, I'm almost I'm practicing it now since I've been through a little life tragedy of myself. So, I mean, I think minimalism is the way I think it's the way of the future, to tell you the truth. Well, and I, you know, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, life challenges and, you know, things that make us see things differently. One of the things that I came across in my research was how many people decluttered their house during COVID and care agencies and people who normally receive donations received a massive amount of donations during COVID of, you know, stuff that was cluttering up the house because I do think whether it's digital or whether it's, you know, personal as Kelly talked about or Renee with, you know, obviously physical objects in our lives, um, there can come a point where it becomes too much. And I know that when my kids were small and I was going 100 miles an hour every day that I was just shoving things because it was easier to store it than to figure out what to deal, how to deal with it. Can anybody relate to that? Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think when you're going super fast, you just run in and out of the house and you don't even realize sometimes how you're living. And it gets to a point where you're just you're stressed and you don't even realize why. And then you get a Saturday or sometime where you get time to clean and to um, just declutter and you realize how much stress it was causing you. And, and you just love having that little extra space and, and fewer things to get in your way. Thank God for stores that and Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for those uh, thrift stores. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too, guys. Like, have you noticed, like, you know, Renee, it's going to be interesting to follow up with you in six months once you get into your house. Like, how much we fill up every available space. Like, why do we have to have stuff stuck on the third level of our cabinets? We just stick it up there. And, you know, most of the time I haven't looked up there in years. I mean, honestly, years. Right. Well, you got like five junk drawers. And I mean, it's just crazy the amount of stuff you clutter in there somewhere. I, I read about a lady who had cleaned out her husband's garage. <laughs> And she allowed him to have everything back he could remember he had or that he had used within the last year. She didn't say anything about decluttering herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, like, you know, you might use it. That is my biggest hindrance to whether it's an app on my phone, whether it's a device in my office or something in my kitchen you know, there's that that overriding feeling that, first of all, I paid for it, so I should probably use it because to get my value out of it, right? And then the second thing that goes right to my mind is, what if I need it someday? Right. Well, that's a big thing. A lot of people, well, I might need it someday. And then it, like two days after you get rid of it, you're like, oh, I haven't used it in six months. Yes. That next day, oh, I need that. So you got to go rebuy it again or something. You know, it's it always seems to be that's why everyone's like, oh, I'm going to keep it. I might need it one day. You know, what's so funny is my wife goes to the grocery store. She keeps, she needs a loaf of bread. Why does she need to have a cart for a loaf of bread? 
So when she comes out of there, the cart is full. The cart holds her purse. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, you got hands. Why do you need to use a cart to go get a loaf of bread? Well, I think girls have problems uh, going down the aisles and don't know when to stop putting stuff into the cart. because They think they need it, but when they get home, it's never been used. And That's so, funny because right? it's opposite in our house. Oh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm just wondering, Sandra, can you relate to that or not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can relate <laughs> to all of it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a quasi secret hoarder. Like I have scarves for when I move back to New York and I've been in California like 19 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> scarves. You yeah, like, you know, like winter scarves, you know, oh, you don't okay, wear scarves okay, yeah, around yeah, here, yeah, like, you yeah. know, I have a whole yeah. drawer full of them, and they're beautiful, <laughs> and I, you know, but I give them away, yes, but, and here's the funny thing, when I move, I probably will give them away, like, Renee, when you were moving into the trailer while your house was being built, I mean, how did you decide what to keep and what to, um, you know, like, kind of what to junk? Um, it was kind of just, uh, we started with the kids' rooms, actually. I started them prepping ahead of time. You haven't used it. You're not going to use it. You know, if it's in decent condition, we'll thrift store it. I don't know how many loads we took to the thrift store, but they were busy. <laughs> um, you know, and if it's garbage, just toss it. If it's not usable, toss it. So it's just kind of a, you haven't used it or you're not going to use it. We'll thrift it if it's good. Otherwise, it was garbage because it was like, we're not bringing, I mean, And we got rid of, I swear, probably three, four loads to the thrift store. And we filled the dumpster of garbage before we moved. And we still filled Mm -hmm. a big old storage container and my mother-in-law's basement with stuff. So, I mean, we still have a whole, it's like, just think if we never got rid of anything, how much more stuff we would have kept. Yeah. When we were going to move, we were going to move in August. And... The realtor told me that people like to see houses that have that are clutter free because it looks bigger, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my wife likes to go to the thrift store all the time. She likes to go. And this is another thing. They should have never came up with Costco's or Sam's Clubs. okay? (laughs) because they are not minimalists. I'm telling you that right now. So. So my so. The realtor told me, you know, you have to declutter. If you want to make this house sell for the top uh, dollar and you want to make it look better and bigger, you have to get rid of some stuff. Well, we started taking furniture out and we started doing all this kind of stuff around the house and everything. I tell you what, it did look a lot better and it did look bigger. Did it feel better? It felt a lot better. And you know what? It's still in the garage and I'm not putting it back. So... I'm going to probably end up getting a dumpster and throwing everything out. And then when we do come to sell it in the spring, I don't have to do anything inside the house. That's, that's <laughs> already. So, yeah, minimalist, I'm beginning to see the light on that deal. Well, and, you know, when we talk about the, um, you know, kind of like when you sell your house, you know, I spent 20 years in residential real estate. People want to see themselves in your house. They don't right. want to see you they want it to be their house not yours you know and i think that's that's one of those things that's really um 
important when you look at things going, what is important to us? Like, you know, if you have a closet that's bursting with clothes, like if you have tons of hats or like my scarves, like what, what do you think makes us hold on to these things? I think it's, I think it's mental. I think it's like a security blanket. I think it's, that's what I think it is. I think people don't want to let go. Sometimes of it's, you know, emotional. There's yeah, some emotional, sort of connection yeah. somewhere yeah. to something like, I know I've got some old clothing and stuff from when pre-kids, you know, size mm-hmm. five. My, I'm not going to fit into it anytime soon, but I've still got them, you <laughs> yeah, know, because. There's hope. Right. <laughs> that was a big thing. There's hope, but, you know, that hope's going, but I still have them. But Sandra, you make you may be emotionally connected to your scarves just because of New York. Right. It reminds me of home and I open that drawer and sometimes I take them out and I touch them. It's too hot to put them on. And, you know, then I, <laughs> like, you know, maybe we have one snowy day like every five years. And then I'm like, whoa, which scarf should I wear? Uh, I have to run out in the cold just to be part but of it. I- There is definitely, you know, an emotional tie there. And I will tell you, when my mother died and I needed to clean out her house, um, one of the things that was really um, a challenge for me was to give away my mom's clothes and my mom's things. And so for the first year, I didn't. And I had everything packed into my spare closet. I mean, it was like tip to toe, folded up, stacked in there, shoved in there, smashed down. And I would open it up and cry, open up the door and cry, open up the door and cry. And then one day I opened up the door and it smelled musty. It didn't smell like my mom and it just became just a pile of things. And I think sometimes we need to let us have time for the emotion to dissipate from our items. I'm I'm a creative type of person and so I like to design things and so once I find the perfect spot for something in my house I have a really hard time of getting rid of it like if I see other things in the store that I think I would really like I just know I don't have anywhere to put it because every spot is filled with something that I can't part with yeah I I think well when you talk about creativity I I tell you, my wife gets very creativity with her stuff. And whenever she goes out, I throw things away. And she comes home and she knows exactly what I threw away. She goes, why did you throw that away? Well, because you don't need it. And you, and it's it, it's cluttering everything up. And I don't like clutter. I don't like clutter at all. And I throw everything away. When she brings home stuff from the thrift store, it's gone in three days. It's gone. It's totally gone. And she gets so mad at me. I go, well, you know, you wore it once. There you go. And her closet's almost, the hanger's almost coming. The the thing that you put hangers on, it's almost coming off because there's so many clothes on there, you know. So I think we need to teach. In fact, I'm going to go home t- tonight and teach my wife about minimalism <laughs> because she needs to know it. Paul, maybe be divorced by tomorrow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Wow. So, so let me ask you guys, let's talk about digital, you know, kind of like digital cramming, digital, you know, the opposite of 
digital is more digital hoarding. And, you know, I noticed that, you know, these digital companies, they appeal to the hoarders in us. They allow us to buy every movie and store it on digital so you can have access to it on your phone. You've got social media that allows all of your photos to be printed into books. So there definitely is an encouragement to hoarding. So my question for you guys is how do, like, how do you, how do you handle all your digital? I don't know much about the digital. I mean, I'm, I know how to go on emails, look stuff up, but I don't know anything about as far as going on social media and stuff like that. I have no idea anything about, about digital hoarding, but although my grandkids do, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know that much about digital hoarding because I don't go on Facebook or Twitter or any of that stuff. I love social media. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I do. I, I, for, no, I grew up loving television. Everybody said how bad television is for you. And um, I think I grew up fairly normal, but I loved every minute of it. And I love the connection with people I love and people I wouldn't have a connection with if it wasn't for social media, probably like my second cousins and my mm-hmm. you know distant relatives. And so I love that part of it. I have social media is like a prayer chain for me and things like that. So I love it. And I know um, some people will say, well, they were in a restaurant and they're sitting there on their phones and they're not talking. But, you know, in reality, you may have been with that person for a week solid without being on on social media. And so it may have been your first chance. So I never judge people um, that way. But I do love social media so much that I do have to... um, look at sometimes if I'm on too much, you know, and, and give myself time, you know, away from it. I think it interferes with people's lives. I think, I think people, when they have grandkids or kids, they, little kids, I think they, because now little kids know social media, know computers like crazy. Absolutely. So I think what they do is they use that for a crutch for babysitting. They just put that computer in front of that kid, can be. you know, and use that as as a crutch for for not watching their kids. And I don't know. I, I just think that social media people need to put down the social media and start enjoying life and getting out or there. Or figure out moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And how figure it's not moderation. going to affect those you love right. um, or affect your health or things yep. like that. But it, it can be. Um, good for you too. Yeah. Even in things you can learn and. Oh yeah, and, I agree. Like I said, connect you to people that you love that you wouldn't other other mm-hmm. than social mm-hmm. media. If you use it the right way, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Well, and you know, you are not here to pass judgment on no. how people use it, and we don't know what's in people's hearts. And sometimes there are families that are separated. I know our military families that get moved all over the world. They rely on social media to stay connected. And then we have digital media, which we produce. And you know, there is there are helpful elements of it. When we put our shows up on social media, are we, you know, subject to the same judgment? Yeah, well, we I think of that. Well, I think so. The, the for business, I think social media is fantastic. What you guys do is fantastic. But I think people abuse it on for social reasons. You know, I think for personal reasons, I think they abuse it like crazy. But again, we're not here to pass judgment. But from what I've seen from people, um, my immediate family, they 
they go on there. They look at food. They look at everything. They look at, you know. But Kelly, you're right though. My 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 wife really talks to people all over because she's in a cancer kind of program where she talks to everybody, you know. And yeah, and that can be healing. Yeah, and, helpful and she and wouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wouldn't have that if if it wasn't for social media. Right. So yeah, that's, that's it. There's a lot of good things to it. Yeah. Cause like I follow a couple type one sites on Facebook groups, you know, yeah. ever right. since my son's diagnosed a couple of years ago. So there's good things about yeah. it. And then there's times where like, uh, probably about a month ago, I downloaded TikTok out of the blue for no reasons. If anyone knows what TikTok is <laughs> and you always think, Oh, you know, I'm not going to get addicted to that thing. No, you will sit there and scroll through people's videos for hours on end. And next thing you know, your phone's dead. And it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, even on there, there's you get people that are very relatable to you with mental health issues or this or that. And I mean, you can become good friends and get in contact with people just. No, I I think being aware of what is healthy for yourself and going through um, an evaluation every now and then as mm-hmm. to what what is making me healthier and what's not and and that may help with those situations yep see and i think that's that's you know why we have these conversations because it first of all minimalism is individual and relationships to social media are individual i think we can all agree though that most of us spend too much time on social media. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, addiction aside or judgment aside. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, digital media isn't just social media. You know, how do you guys feel about going to the grocery store? Like, I don't know if you guys have it out there, out here in California. I go to get gasoline and there's a screen playing yeah. advertisements yeah. and yeah. news. And it's not news that I want to hear. It's not right. my political view and you know I found the same thing happening when I was in the grocery store the other day I'm standing in line listening to somebody else's news broadcast that arguably is not news it's pejorative it's definitely weighted you know Republican or Democrat I'm not going to say which but um I'm in Southern California, do the math. Like it's a democratic community. So if I go to the grocery store and the purveyor is a Republican, I'm going to get Republican news. If I go to the gas station and it's owned by a Democrat, I'm going to get democratic news, like your democratic slanted reporting. And how do you, like my biggest beef these days is how do you, you know, how do you get away from that? How do you what do you do to take a digital detox if you want to go to minimalism? I always mute those gas station screens if they have a mute button. So I don't oh, got to sit and listen to yeah. them. I mute them. <laughs> I didn't even know that was. I, I didn't even know. Some that. of them, I know like Quick Trips for sure, they have a mute button. So I always mute them. Oh. But nice thing about being in a camper, I don't have TV. So, and if we do get a channel, it is all the old game show network tv shows like card shark and all the the old ones and so that's our tv so we don't get regular tv anymore (laughs) i think that just going completely away from it going getting outside sometimes for me is very helpful because to be honest if i'm in the house cleaning i may be watching an infomercial for like a half an hour and not even realize it until i'm like why am i listening to this you (laughs) you you don't even realize it because you're busy um with everything else so yep. that you don't even realize, realize it's going into your brain yeah i used to go to like a rural area where there's no connections anywhere 
and then I decompress that way. Like this weekend, I'm going to do that with my wife, and we're not going to even bring our phones anywhere. I think go to places, don't even bring your phone. You know, go on vacation. I know you're going to be around so people who have phones and stuff like that, but myself, I like to get out of town and go, go to a rural area where you cannot get no reception from anything and uh, sit around and, boy, how about this, talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> boy, doesn't that sound like something that... Well, even just sitting outside and enjoying God's nature. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm yeah, a hunter I mean, and yeah. we have kids that... Mm -hmm. And ever since we moved out to the land, we just bought, I mean, the kids are constantly now, can we go ride the four-wheeler? Can we go outside? My daughter's always like, can we go hunting this weekend? Can I go hunting? Right. You know, they want to be outside now mm -hmm. versus when we lived in town. So it's right. kind of nice. Yep, I agree. Yep. So we've got our solutions for, you know, what we can do. Can I ask you guys if this happens to you? When a phone goes off in the store and it's not yours, do you still reach for yours? Depends on the ringtone. <laughs> I probably jump more when a kid says, Mom. <laughs> well, that's true. Right, Hi, exactly. Mom. <laughs> we all turn around. Um, yeah, I reach for mine, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting that we – um, you know, that we, we have these kind of programming things that are mm -hmm. with us. Um, the other thing that I think is really alarming, and I don't know how, you know, if, if you guys, you'll have to tell me if they have these screen time trackers on Samsung. I know when I look at my screen time on my iPhone, um, it's horrifying. <laughs> I haven't noticed that on my phone. I haven't either. I try not to look at those. Okay. But I, you know, okay. we all have iPhones except for my husband, so ours has the tracker. <laughs> yes. So I'm in my tracker right now, and I have a daily average of five hours and eleven minutes. Wow. And now that does not mean like this is the other thing. Like you know, you've got to be careful on looking at this. Like I teach five spin classes a week, so five of those are five of those hours of the twenty five hours on there. If you're listening to music, that's considered like when I put on Spotify. That's oh, listening. Yeah. In so is my fitness tracker. But I will tell you that daily I spend an hour answering texts. I spend an hour twenty <sighs> on email. And then, um, you know, it's just amazing how many times today I've picked up my phone 16 times and it's only 1030 in the morning here. And they were all messages coming through. I'm really guilty of going home from work that I've been sitting at a computer for eight hours and I go sit on my computer. And realistically, when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm typing that, you know, I'm sitting way up. And I have to be really alert to everything that's going on there. So when I go home, sometimes I like to just relax, slouch, and, you know, read my emails and things that are personal to me. But I do sometimes catch myself, you know, a couple hours in and I'm realizing I have been on this computer for 10 mm -hmm. hours or 12 hours during the day. It, it does happen. It's convenient. When so your eyes start hurting, you start getting headaches. And yeah, right. No, that's called the blue light. Is that right? Well, you can get the blue light glasses that blocks that ray okay. from the screens. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what, you know, like, you know, how things have changed. 
in our society just with the digital. The last thing I want to talk about um, with you guys is is digital headphones. How many of you wear a digital headphone? Like I wear, you know, I've got my, we're not going to use brand names, but I have digital headphones that, that go on my ear like a hearing aid. Oh, uh, that you walk around with, you mean? Yeah. Wireless that, earbuds or something. Oh, no, I, I, no, I don't have those either. Uh, I have them. I don't, it's very rare that I am wearing them. If I they working out or just want to listen to music outside alone, alone time, you know, away from everybody. I'll block them out with music that way. But no, but my kids, they for sure do. Constantly. Yeah, I see my kids, you know, with them in their ears all the time and all their friends. And, you know, they have music or whatever's going on in one ear and then they're having a conversation in the other ear. And I think it's amazing, you know, kind of that our brains um, you know, can kind of do this. I don't know how good it is for us. That's not for us to say, you know, we're not doctors or researchers, but it is kind of cool that, um, you know, we can do these things. And again, we go back to moderation. So I'm going to go and ask for your best advice or your best practice from the research for today's show. So I'm going to go to Renee first. What is your best practice or your best thing that came from today's show or through your research? I would say just if you want to declutter, just really go through and, you know, kind of do the streamline thing where pretend you're starting over. Start with one room, clean it out. Does it belong in there? Is it trash? Does it belong in another room? And just, you know, pretend you're starting over. I okay, think. Kelly. Oh. Well, up with you. Don't worry. <laughs> I think that just taking um, a specific time to evaluate yourself and your home and your time with family, um, your health, I think that's really what's needed to know what's affecting you which way. I love that. I love that. And, um, and Paul, now let's go to you. Well, I don't know much about uh, minimalization, but I do know that I am one because of my wife. But I tell you what, what I've learned today about this is how how I'm going to decompress as far as having no digital, having uh, no um, clutter in my life, I guess. But that's my main focus now is just relax, take life easy. Don't get so stressed out and just, you know, sit back and declutter and decompress. That's my main thing. So go up to a cabin somewhere where you cannot get any, any, uh, any uh, things to use a cell phone or anything like that. So that's, that's what I'm, that's what I, I got out of today. That's kind of fun. All right, you guys. Well, I want to thank you for being our guest today. And if you guys want to check out our sponsors today, our sponsors today are Copper Touch. That's coppertouch.com. You can actually use this product. It's a solid hand sanitizer, and it will eliminate the need for most of the other hand sanitizers in your sphere of influence. And if you don't like clutter, this is a great way to declutter. The second sponsor today is Beasy Boards. Check them out, beasyboards.com. 
become. You will be able to be more mobile as you glide and slide to a better life. Check it out, bzboards.com, coppertouch.com. We'll be back again next week. On behalf of your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier, and our friends at BZ Trans Systems, thanks for listening. For more information, go to www.bzboards.com. Join us next time on Back to Life Radio.